Okay, good morning everyone, welcome. And what we're going to do this morning is uh, have a Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur Shavuz. We're going to talk about Yom Kippur, what Yom Kippur is all about. This is what we would have done last night. Last night I was not around at Baruch Hashem Bar Mitzvah. And uh, it's Erev Shabbos Shuvah. Just got a, two or three more days before Yom HaGadol V'Hanoiro for the great and awesome day of Yom Kippur. So let's try to get ourselves into the Yom Kippur frame of mind. The question is like this. What's Yom Kippur there for? Why do I need Yom Kippur? And we talked about what Roshana is all about. Roshana is a day to make Hashem into the Melech, to make ourselves sons of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be Makabal, the Malchus of Shemaim. And when we make Hashem into our king, we accept Hashem's kingship. As we saw, um, as we discussed last week, so we, we circumvent the din, we can circumvent judgment because Hashem says, you're indispensable. Hashem says, I need you. Hashem says, I have limited children and I need each and every one of my children. And uh, that's what Roshana was all about. Um, so if Roshana allows us to bypass the din, to circumvent the din, again, we're not going to get into all the details. That was, that was last week. But as we explained last week, if I proclaim Hashem as, as my king, I say, I, I want to be part of that legacy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I want to be someone who brings Hashem's vision and Hashem's ideals here out into this world. Hashem looks at me, regards me as a, a child, and Hashem says, indeed, you are indispensable. I need you. I need you, um, as we would say about any of our children. So that locks us in for a sweet and healthy and happy new year. So why do we need Yom Kippur? Like, what, what's the, another way of asking this is, like, what's this dynamic? We have the Asas Yom Shuvah, we have the Rishon in the beginning, Yom Kippur at the end, the Rishon is called the Yom Adin, Yom Kippur is called the Yom Adin. Um, how do they work with one another? What's the role of Rosh What's the role of Yom Kippur? What's Yom Kippur coming there to do? What should we be thinking about when we go into Yom Kippur? So the answer is twofold. There's two really, um, you know, two two basic functions that Yom Kippur has, but the two are linked with one common idea, one common theme. And the two two purposes of Yom Kippur is, first of all, just to go back and address our question. Our question was, why do we need Yom Kippur? For Rosh we already proclaims Hashem is the king, and Hashem looks at us and says, okay, I need you guys, you're going to have a happy and good and, and, and blessed new year, regardless of your past year's performance. That's not so simple. That's not that's not so clear that that's indeed the case. Things are not so pashat. Yes, it's true that we have the ability to do that on Rosh Hashanah, but did we really do it? Did we pull it off? Did we really accept Hashem's kingdom upon ourselves and His kingship upon ourselves in such a way that we can you know, say that we made ourselves indispensable, we made ourselves indisposable, we made ourselves irreplaceable, and we made ourselves banim. Do we really make ourselves banim? Do we really make ourselves children who a parent doesn't have any extra kids? And we may not have done that. That's that's a dependent on and a function of how well we really accepted the Malchus Shemaim, how well we accepted Hashem's kingdom and kingship upon ourselves, and how much do we really say, there's nothing that matters to me more than Hashem's Malchus. If we really did that, if we really said that, that's great. But if we didn't really do that and we didn't really say that, with full sincerity, then we may not have gone through Rosh Hashanah making Hashem our unequivocal melech. We may not have made ourselves a, a full, a, a unequivocal banim, children. And in fact, we say that several times in Rosh Hashanah. This is the Peshat, why we say, after every concluding section of Musaf, we say, mm-hmm. We say, Hashem, today everyone's going to be standing before you to be judged. Im kebanim, im ke'avadim. Whether like sons, whether like slaves. 
im kebanim, im kabanim. So we're actually making it quite clear, and we say this all again and again and again on Rosh Hashanah, that we're trying to be banim, but we're not we're not guaranteed that we're going to be banim. We may only end up as avadim. We may, we may end up as servants, slaves, subjects. If we don't fully accept Hashem's kingdom, accept Hashem's kingship, and if that's the case, then an Eved is someone who is replaceable. An Eved is someone who is disposable. An Eved is someone who, about him, slaves, servants, subjects, they're a dime a dozen. And that's what we're fully aware of in Rosh Hashanah, that we're, there's no guarantee that we're really going to be Avadim, uh, that we're really going to be Banim. And as, as such, we don't have a, a guarantee that we came out of Rosh Hashanah getting locked into a good year, bypassing them. Maybe we were exposed to the Dinah Rosh Hashanah and we couldn't bypass it. Maybe we stood there as Avadim. Maybe there was something lacking in our acceptance of Hashem's kingship, which is what it takes to be a Ben. So that's first of all, why we don't we would already need Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur has the ability to viter allow us to have a sweet and healthy and happy and blessed and wonderful, bountiful new year, even if we're only Avadim. See, Yom Kippur is the day that works even for Avadim. Let's get that straight first. Rosh Hashanah, we can bypass din, we can be locked in for a good year, provided we become Banim. Rosh Hashanah is there for Banim. Yom Kippur works even for Avadim, even for servants, for subjects, for slaves. That's Yom Kippur. That's the first thing to know. Now, how does that work? Why does Yom Kippur work even for Avadim? So we'll have to see, we'll have to uh, we'll have to get there to work that out. But that's the first thing to know about Yom Kippur, that Yom Kippur can work even for Avadim, and Rosh Hashanah can only work for Banim. And um, in addition, there's another idea that's going on with Yom Kippur, very, very, very fundamental and critical idea over here with Yom Kippur. There's an aspect of Yom Kippur which is needed even for Banim, even for sons. Even if we made ourselves sons of Hashem, even if we succeeded in making ourselves those children, which means we fully, unequivocally accepted Hashem as our king, and accepted Hashem, uh, Hashem's kingship and His kingdom as unquestionable, as supreme, and there's nothing else in life, and I, I'm nothing more of the Hashem but a an extension to carry your legacy, that's a bend, that's how we become a son, we become indisposable, we become irreplaceable. Even if we manage to do that in Rosh Hashanah, we still need Yom Kippur. We still need Yom Kippur. Aye, why do we need Yom Kippur? What do you mean? We got locked into a sweet and healthy and happy new year, we got locked in and guaranteed a new contract, guaranteed an upgrade, promotion, more perks, because Hashem needs us, Hashem wants us here. Why would you need Yom Kippur? The answer is, Yes, it's true, Hashem guaranteed us a new year and extended our contract and says, I need you guys here, I want you guys here, so I'm going to give you a wonderful, healthy, happy new year. That's great right now, in this world, in this lifetime. But what's going to be with all those Averas? What's going to be with all those Averas that we've accumulated that mass, that, that huge barge that we're towing behind us, right? That barge, yes, it's teeming and overflowing with Averis. What's going to be with that huge barge? What, 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 what's going to become of it? Meaning, that's what we're going to be judged for on Rosh Hashanah. That's what we were in danger about with Rosh Hashanah, was that huge barge of Averis that we were towing behind ourselves. And that's why we needed, uh, in Eitzah, we needed, we needed some kind of... Um, 
maneuver, some kind of emergency maneuver, how we could sidestep all that and bypass all that. And we explained that. The, the way to bypass all that judgment is because is by making ourselves children, sons, a ben, whom Hashem needs, whom Hashem, who, who are irreplaceable. So that's what we succeeded in doing, so we bypassed it in. But what's going to be with all those avers? We've kind of avoided judgments. We slipped in to the new year, 5784, under the radar. We slipped in and stuck in under the radar. But what's going to be indeed with all those averas? What's going to be with all those um, averas and crimes and sins that we are towing behind ourselves? Eventually, is going to have to be, in accounting, and eventually is going to have to be a reckoning. And if we constantly, year after year after year after year, we would just bypass and sidestep the judgments, we would come up to Shemaim, we would try to enter the world to come, Eilam Haba, and we would have, you know, who knows what kind of uh, caseload to, to deal with. You know, our file would be would be uh, unimaginably packed and stuffed with Averis. So you can't go to Eilam Haba, what's going to be? So it's so, okay, so you know what, what are we going to get as a result of all those years of bad habits of just wasting our time and then coming in Roshan, having a good Roshan, making Hashem into a Melech, right? All those years of avoiding our Averis is going to come back. So it's going to explode in our face. It's going to go off in our face like a nuclear bomb. It's going to be in Gehenim for, you know, forever to, to burn all that off. So here's the issue. Here's, this, is, this is a very big problem. Yes, it's true we had a, a, a secret technique last week in going through Hashanah, we make Hashem, Hashem a, bet, uh, a, a, a melech, we make ourselves ch- children, banim. Hashem says, okay, I accept that, I need you guys around, I want you in my kingdom, I want you here, I'll give you a new year. But what's going to be with all those Averis? What's going to be with all the Averis that we now are towing into the new year because we were able to avoid dealing with them last year? That's the second function of Yom Kippur. It allows us to deal with Averis. And it's a day that is able to give us atonement for our affairs. And the Vilna Gain sets this up very nicely. The Vilna Gain says, Roshana actually says is din, is judgment. Yom Kippur is slicha. Yom Kippur is, is, is forgiveness. His atonement is dealing with the affairs, reckoning with the affairs, and burning off the affairs. So let's take stock of all that. So there's two functions now. Let's just summarize what we're holding right now. Yom Kippur has two essential functions. One function of Yom Kippur is dealing with, let's do it backwards, yeah? Dealing with the Averis, burning off the Averis, which everyone needs to deal with. Everyone has Averis that have to be dealt with. And, and, and in addition to that, Yom Kippur is the opportunity for the Melech, I'm sorry, for, for, the, for the Eved, to also have a good new year. As we said on Roshanah, in Kibanim, in Kabanim, Roshanah, we're either going to be seen as a Ben to Hashem, someone indispensable, who is going to be locked in for a new year because Hashem needs him, or an Eved who is um, disposable. An Eved can be dispensed with, can be dismissed. Roshanah is not a good time to be an Eved. Yom Kippur is a way of getting a new year, a good new year, a healthy and happy and sweet new year, even if you're an Eved. So that's what Yom Kippur is there for is to provide a new, good new year even for the Avadim, and to provide slicha, mechil, and kapara, atonement, forgiveness, and and um, and uh, a, a um, dealing properly with our Hashem 
getting rid of our Averis for everyone, which everyone needs, both the Banim and the Avonim, especially the Banim, we're able to bypass it on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, but everyone is going to get that Stichim Mechil and Kabar. So these are the two functions of Yom Kippur. So the question is, how exactly does Yom Kippur do that? You know, what, what's going on on Yom Kippur that um, is, is uh, you know, clearly Yom Kippur must be a day that's even more powerful than Rosh Hashanah, higher than Rosh Hashanah, even more intense than Rosh Hashanah, if Yom Kippur has the ability, A, to grant a sweet, healthy, and happy new year, even to the Eved, even to the people that Hashem says, you know, I don't need you guys, you know, you're not doing anything per se for me, and I can replace you. If Yom Kippur can grant even them a good new year, and Yom Kippur can give atonement and forgiveness to everyone for their Averis, what is up with Yom Kippur? How exactly does Yom Kippur achieve that? How does Yom Kippur achieve that? So the answer is like this. Let's, let's, let's move forward. Yom Kippur is unique and, and different than Rosh Hashanah, and really different than all the other days during the year, in that Yom Kippur is the one day out of the year where we get a glimpse, with, you know, all the layers that, that separate us from Hashem part, all the heavens kind of repealed back, and we get a glimpse of what's going on on the highest level of the existence of Hashem that we can perceive, um, what exactly is going on up there, what that looks like. We get a glimpse of it, and getting a glimpse of it means we are able to connect with it. We're able to connect with it means we're able to receive something from there. There's different levels of Hashem's interaction with the universe, different levels that Hashem reveals Himself on, and, and different levels of conduct that Hashem has. And during the year, including on Rosh Hashanah, we see a what we could call a lower level of Hanhaga, a lower level of conduct, a lower level of interaction and relationship that Hashem has with the world, and that's a level of what we call, like, let's say, a level of you know, reward and punishment, a level of a realm, an, an, an area of where you, you get what you deserve and not much more than that. If you deserve something, you get it. If there's something good, you get something good. If there's something bad, you get something bad. We call Hashem's you know, conduct of being a judge, working with judgment, working with working with reward and punishment. And even on Rosh Hashanah, and especially on Rosh Hashanah, this is what we see. Hashem is Melch Bamish, but Yamidas Arts. Hashem is the king, and Hashem comes in to judge everyone. Hashem is judging humanity on, on Rosh Hashanah. And during the year, we also live with this conduct of, of, of reward, punishment. And yeah, even within the sphere, even within the workings of Hashem giving or meeting at reward and punishment, there, you know, that, that's judgment. That's a din. So din does recognize that sometimes we'll be patient and sometimes we'll give things time. Sometimes we're not going to punish you right away. You know, sometimes we'll go easy on you. Din does recognize these things, of course, and that's why we have time to to um, to try to fix things up. And that's why sometimes you get a, a lighter sentence. But ultimately, it all has to fit under the umbrella of judgment. In other words, if you do something good, says Hashem, you get something good. If you do something bad, you can get something bad. Because there's a, a din v'cheshvin, there's an accounting, and there's a reckoning. There's chayav there's reward and punishment. There's action and consequence. Action and consequence during the year, including Rosh Hashanah, we live on a realm that everything is action and consequence. Yom Kippur, we peel back additional layers. We get a glimpse of something even higher, and we see there's something above that. Hashem has a level of, of, of um, conduct 
and how he relates to this world, which is higher than that, which we don't see most of the year, we, we don't really get a glimpse of, and we don't benefit from, but is there where there's something above reward and punishment, there's something above there's something above judgment, there's something above action and consequence. And Hashem ultimately has a way of dealing with us that's above action and consequence. And whether we're banim, whether we're avadim, Hashem has a, an attitude on the highest level towards the entire Jewish nation, which is, I'm rooting for you guys. I want you to win. I created you because I really want you to cross that finish line. And I created you because I want to see you in Olam Haba. I created you because I want to see you succeed. I created you because I, I want to see each and every one of you have happiness. I want to see each and every one of you have fulfillment. I want to see each and every one of you have an enjoyment and, and, and shlameless. That's what I want. That's why I created you. And sometimes during the year, yeah, Hashem does have to, to keep the system balanced, to keep the system running and ticking, Hashem does have to deal with the conduct of judgment, of schar v'aynish. But ultimately, above all that, there's an attitude and a level of conduct where Hashem says, I really want you guys to win. And maybe I'll even throw at things. Maybe I'll even throw the game. Maybe I'll even, I'll, 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 I'll throw the system in your favor and I'll, 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 I'll push things in your favor because really, that, that's why I made all of this. That's why I made the universe. That's why I made you. I made you because I want you to win. That's a very, very, very high level of, of um, interaction and, and, and conduct from the Rebbein Shalom. And that really, again, we only see a glimpse of that once a year, but that is Yom Kippur. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. And that's Midas HaRachamim. That's what's revealed with the 13 Midas HaRachamim that we say those, uh, those feature heavily in Yom Kippur. The Midas HaRachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy coming from that place which is above Din, which is above judgment. Hashem saying, Rav Chesed Ve'emes. Hashem saying, Rav Chesed, that that Mata Klapi Chesed, the Gemara says, that the default is towards Chesed. The default is Hashem wants us to win. The default is Hashem is going to, even if Hashem has to throw things, Hashem has to throw the system. Hashem has to um, give us an unfair advantage. Hashem will do that because Hashem wants us to come out ahead. This is what Yom Kippur is all about. And that's why Chazal tells us Yom Kippur is the one day out of the year that the Satan is silenced. There is no Satan. The, the uh, prosecutor and all the prosecuting angels that work under him are silenced. We don't hear from them because there is no room for them on Yom Kippur. There's only room for them when there's a conduct of judgment, when there's a conduct of din, when they're, we're working within the system of accounting, of reckoning, of, of having to pay things off and having to deal with things. Action and consequence, that's when we have prosecution. Yom Kippur is above action and consequence. Hashem says there can be consequence without action. Even if you guys don't do an action, there's a consequence. Why? Because this is what I want. This is what I want. This is why I created the universe. I created the universe because I really want you guys to succeed. I created you because I want your happiness. I want to be able to give you. There's consequence with that action. So there's no satan. There's no room for a prosecution because we're not dealing in that system anymore where things have to be rewarded as the, as the result of actions and things are punished as a result of actions. That's, that's when the satan exists. But when, when, when we're not dealing with action and consequence, we're only dealing with consequence then there is no room for a satan, there's no room for a prosecution. That's an amazing idea. And this explains why, A, Yom Kippur can work even for the Avadim, even for someone who, on, on Rosh Hashanah, is viewed as an Evid. Rosh Hashanah is viewed as someone who is replaceable, dispensable, disposable, right? These guys come a dime a dozen. Um, we still can um, 
and on Rosh Hashanah, this guy's this guy's in, in, in big trouble. On Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, there is hope for this person because even if on Rosh Hashanah, in the level uh, on Rosh Hashanah, he was viewed as someone who is replaceable and disposable. That's when we're looking at him through the lenses of din, through judgment, and he has to answer for his actions. Yom Kippur, we don't have to action. The, 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 the an, an answering for the actions is not what's going on in Yom Kippur. It's not about action and consequences. It's about a higher level of, of revelation, higher level of Hashem's conduct, that of Hashem's being moli rachamim, of midas hachesed, midas harachim, of Hashem saying, look, I, I want you guys to win. That's why I made you. I want you guys to succeed. That's why you're here. So, Evid is also created to succeed. Evid is also created to 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 um, to have happiness, satisfaction, and a good life, fulfilled life in this world and in the next world. Correct? And that's why Yom Kippur also brings with it a power of atonement, of forgiveness, slicha, mechilin, kapara, for the same exact reason. Hashem is saying, yeah, you know, I know you guys have a lot on your record, but that record is going to get you in trouble. That record is going to prevent you from the satisfied, happy, blessed life that I've created you for. It's going to cre- prevent you from the, the, the purpose, the objective that I have for all of you, I have to have set up a system in which we can do something about everything that's on your record, we can do something about everything that's there, in order to uh, give you the, 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 uh, the vision, the purpose, the goal that I created you for, and that is, that equals the slicha mechilin kapara, that comes out into forgiveness, into atonement, into getting rid of all of our averas. Because ultimately, if we just keep schlepping these averas forward year after year after year after year without dealing with them, without accounting for them, that's again going to thwart the goals that Hashem has for us. And on Yom Kippur, we get a glimpse of that highest level revelation that Hashem ultimately really just wants us to succeed. And Hashem is willing to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get us to succeed, including forgiving us for all of our averas. So that's amazing. This is Yom Kippur in a nutshell. However, there's one last thing over here. There's a catch. Yom Kippur works. Yom Kippur is this day of of Salachti um, Kizvarecha. Hashem says, I'm willing to forgive you. I will forgive you. I have forgiven you. Yom Kippur is a day of getting locked in for a happy new year, even if we arrive in Yom Kippur as Avadim, um, not as Banim, even if we emerge from Rosh Hashanah as people that are replaceable. Yom Kippur can do all of the above. However, the Gemara tells us that Yom Kippur works only for those who are interested in taking advantage of Yom Kippur. There's something that we got to do. There's our, so to speak, co-payments, our deductible is what we have to bring to the table for Yom Kippur to work. Says the Gemara, what do we have to bring to the table for Yom Kippur to work? We have to bring tshuva. We have to do tshuva. Yom Kippur's mechaper lashavim. This is how we come out. This is the conclusion of the Gemara. Yom Kippur works for those who are repentant, penitent, who are doing tshuva. If you do tshuva, Yom Kippur will do everything for you, all of the above. You'll get that interaction and attitude from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You'll get that um, sweet, happy new year. Even if you're an Eved, you'll get the salachti kitvarach, you'll get the forgiveness. But only if you come to Yom Kippur as someone who's doing tshuva. You, we, have to take advantage of Yom Kippur. We have to accept Yom Kippur. We have to make ourselves a part of Yom Kippur. We have to place ourselves firmly in the Yom Kippur experience for Yom Kippur to work for us. And the only way to do that is to do tshuva. So the question is like this. How exactly do we do tshuva? It's a little late in the game. No. 
Elo started a long time ago. We're coming in like, you know, the home run stretch over here, the final approach to Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur is only going to work for us if we are within Yom Kippur. To be in Yom Kippur, you have to be doing tshuva. If you're not doing tshuva, you're not in Yom Kippur. You're somewhere else. You may be standing in the shul with everybody, maybe wearing your kittel. But if you're not doing tshuva, you're not a part of Yom Kippur. You're not there with Hashem on this great and awesome and, 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 and amazing day. How do we do tshuva? We don't have a lot of time left, right? I don't have a lot of time left to Yom Kippur. How, does, how, how do we come to Yom Kippur? What does it mean to do tshuva to take advantage of Yom Kippur? So it really means a very simple idea. It's a very, very simple idea. Doing tshuva means actively doing something that has the power and potential to really make major changes, to change our lifestyle. Being actively involved in something that's really capable of making a, a deep-seated, deep-rooted, fundamental change in who we really are. Tshuva doesn't mean banging our chest a lot. Tshuva doesn't mean crying a lot. Tshuva doesn't mean saying, oh, I feel so bad. Tshuva means really taking active steps to be someone else for this coming year. Tshuva means taking stack of where we're off, where we're, where, we're, where we're in trouble, what we've done wrong, and not just feeling bad about it, but actively doing something that's going to make us someone different this coming year. And if we do that, we've done tshuva. If we neglect that, we haven't done anything. Every yid needs to know who they are, what their habits are that have to be improved and changed, and where, where they are at odds with Hashem's malchus, where they're at odds and out of sync with Hashem's vision, Hashem's plan, with Hashem's kingship and kingdom. And every one of us has, you know, several areas, glaring areas where I know, you know, constantly and consistently in this area, maybe it's davening, maybe it's learning, maybe it's how I speak to people, maybe it's how generous and giving I am, how patient I am, maybe it's all of the above. Areas where I need to make fundamental changes. If we go into Yom Kippur aware of these areas, A, and B, prepared to make major changes, major serious overhaul in these areas, and C, we have a serious and solid plan how that's going to happen, and D, we actually are prepared to implement that, that's called shavim, that's called tshuva, that's called we're really doing tshuva, that's called we're shavim, that's called we're penitence, and that's something that gives us, has the power to put us in Yom Kippur, when we're in Yom Kippur, we are again going to be written and inscribed and sealed for a beautiful, happy, healthy, and sweet new year. But it's not something that is necessarily going to be a piece of cake, which makes sense, because nothing in life is a piece of cake, except for a piece of cake, maybe. That's about the only thing that I know that's a piece of cake, is a, is a piece of cake. Nothing else really is. And it means we have the next few days, you know, Friday going to Shabbat Shuvah, Sunday, Erev Yom Kippur, even through Yom Kippur, to do all that, to take stock of where are the glaring areas of my life, what really needs to be changed, what really needs to be overhaul, where are the areas where I'm really out of sync and out of whack. And being sincere, being real that I really need to, you know, make serious changes in these areas. How am I going to do that? How do we do that? Part of the true process is having some kind of resolution, some kind of resolution, what I'm actually going to do in order to get that done. Resolution is what? Something small, something sustainable, but something very, very significant. Take on, in any of those areas, let's say in davening, take on something very small in davening, but something sustainable, 
and something that's going to plant a seed that will be very, very significant that over the course of the year will make a major change. So let's say someone says, you know, I have a hard time focusing on my davening. So take on something very small. One bracha a day in Shemona Esrei I'm going to try to focus on with good kavana. That's small. That's sustainable. That's highly significant and is planting a seed in that which it has the power to transform eventually all of my davening. So if I slow down by one bracha and I really focus over there and I really make the most of it, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I give it my all, that it has the power to have very significant changes over the course of the year to put me in a different place, in a better place. You know, I'm not going to give more examples because we can all come up with our own examples, but in any area that I really need improvements, any area where I really need to change myself, to better myself, that's what it has to come down to. Find something small, sustainable, a seed that will be significant or make significant changes and make me a different person over the course of the year. If I'm doing that, then I'm doing tshuva. I'm, I'm penitent. If I'm doing tshuva, I'm in Yom Kippur. I'm part of Yom Kippur. If I'm part of Yom Kippur, then I will receive at a highest level of conduct, highest level of revelation. Hashem says, I'm rooting for you. I'm going to throw the system. I'm going to forgive you. And I'm going to give you a wonderful, amazing new year. I'm going to ignore everything you did till, till now because I really want you to win. And you're part of Yom Kippur. I see that you're here. I want you to win. And Be'ez HaShem Yisbarach, we should be zeichet to do a tshuva shleima. We should be zeichet to be sincere, make the right kind of resolutions, small, sustainable, planting a seed, but very significant. HaShem should inscribe us, us and our families, for a year of bracha, a year of atzlacha, a year of parnasa, a year of good health. For us and our families, a year of good tidings, and a year of good news, a year of success, and a year of everything that we do should be matzliach, a year that we see only closest from Hashem and um, we all see each, each and every one of us so she the other one's success we shall all be happy for one another and have a wonderful amazing convention to new year